0: Welcome to another episode of Reimagined Energy. I'm your host, Maria McGowan, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Fawn Sneisner of ARC Clean Technology. Fawn will be talking about small modular reactors and how they reimagine energy. Coming up next. Hi, Fawn. Hi there. How are you? Great. Thanks for joining me today. You're joining me from St. John, New Brunswick. I am, yes. Wonderful. So you're with ARC Clean Technology. And so let's beat right to it. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what the company is and a bit about the technology that you use.
1: Certainly. So we are a nuclear technology company developing the ARC-100, which is an advanced small modular reactor or what can also be referred to as a generation four reactor. Um, So just to give a bit of background about what SMRs are and generation four, um, so small modular reactors are nuclear reactors that have a power capacity under 300 megawatts per unit. So that's about one third of the generation capacity of traditional nuclear power. Uh uh, And they're modular in design as, as the name refers. So they're factory assembled and they're installed on site. Um, Generation four reactors, which is what ours is also known as, are reactors that use different materials um, in their coolant and fuel to make the reactor more efficient, economical, faster. So they just add additional benefits. So our reactor in particular is a hundred megawatts electric sodium fast reactor, meaning we use liquid metal sodium as our coolant instead of water, and that's what you you see in today's reactors. So. Here in Canada, we have CANDU reactors. They use heavy water. Um, in the U.S., they have light water reactors and pressurized water reactors. Um, we're also referred to as um, fast neutron rea- reactors. So what that means is uh, we use fast neutrons to have um, a sustained fission chain reactor. So right now in like the CANDU reactor that we have here in New Brunswick, they use a moderator to slow down the um, neutrons. So because we have an advanced design, we we use different materials. This enables us to have unique features. So some things that are a bit unique about our technology is we operate on a 20-year fuel cycle. Um, So right now, the nuclear power plants here in Canada, they have to fuel multiple times a week. So we fuel once and we leave in there for 20 years. No way. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That's that's a long time. It is a long time, yes. And then um, for a total of of three times. So, in total, the entire life cycle of the plant um, will be operational for 60 years. Um, we also use different fuels. So, um, right now, uh, like we still use uranium in our fuel, but um, can do reactors, they use like oxide fuel. We use a metallic fuel. So, um, what that means is just like the metallic fuel has like higher heat conductivity. So, it just improves the process and efficiency and all that stuff. Um, Our reactor because we use sodium as our coolant. um, Sodium has a very high boiling point which means the reactor can operate um, at atmospheric pressure um, and it provides high process heat. So this is also very important um, as a unique feature because right now nuclear reactors are used traditionally just for um, baseload grid applications but if you have high process heat you can also support the industrial applications. A few other aspects of the reactor is um, just the ability to be more flexible in its power output so as i mentioned reactors today they just provide steady baseload power which we need um, but as more renewables come online we are going to need a more flexible and resilient grid so the ability for our reactor to be able to increase its power in um, output when let's say renewables are not online or decrease when it is a very sunny day or windy day. Um, that just allows for flexibility. And lastly, I'll say one other feature of our reactor is that um, we can produce lysine medical isotopes, which is kind of unknown about the nuclear industry. I think when people think about the nuclear industry, it's mainly focused on just baseload energy, mm-hmm. but a lot of isotopes are developed in uh, reactors. So I guess just kind of wrapping up, giving up, like to give a perspective of, of the size of our reactor so what does 100 megawatts electric even mean yeah well, that means it can power 75,000 homes and the footprint required for that is reduced significantly so our footprint would be smaller than a New York um, City block for instance or like here locally we compared our reactor to the size of like our local Costco so our reactor building can fit into the Costco building but the nuclear, of course, needs to have like a protected area and all that stuff. But that would still be the size of your traditional like Costco and Costco parking lot. So it's it's very interesting technology that, if that's being developed. And although this technology is new to Canada, it's not new technology. So our reactor in particular, um, the sodium fast reactors, have 400 years of combined global operating experience. And then our design in particular also had a proven prototype that operated for 30 years.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Like, you know, the footprint. And I like the, the, the Costco analogy as well in terms of size. How is nuclear energy um, part of the clean energy mix? Certainly. So um,
1: first, I'm, I'm going to start by saying that we are very fortunate here in Canada to have a diverse energy mix. So I think like over 60% of our energy comes from hydro power, and that's followed by nuclear at about 14%, natural gas at 10%, and I think both coal and wind are about 6% and so forth. So <laughs> nuclear is already playing a vital role in Canada's clean energy mix. However, we all know um, energy demand is increasing, and I it's expected to triple over the next 30 years. And on top of that, having our net zero goals um, by 2050, that that's a huge challenge. So in order to meet this challenge, we need to ensure that we're developing all the clean energy sources that are currently available to us. So wind, solar, hydro, um, and nuclear. And I I think when you um, compare greenhouse gas emissions that are generated from the entire life cycle of each of these energy assets, people don't realize that nuclear is actually one of the lowest. So it's lower than both hydro and solar. It's about uh, 12 grams of CO2 per kilowatt hour. Um, and that's comparative to wind. I guess just building on that, um, I want to make it clear that I think people are often thinking that the nuclear industry is trying to compete or replace developing more renewable energy, and that is simply not true. Um, it's not a choice between renewables or nuclear. It's rather the, the choice is between what energy form is going to be used as our base load, and currently. The options that we have for our baseload energy is coal, natural gas, hydro, and nuclear. And hydro is not an option everywhere. Um, Of course, we want to get off coal and we want to limit natural gas. So that leaves us with nuclear.
0: Sorry to interrupt here, but did you know that this podcast is a passion project of sociable media? And this is where I get to do a shameless plug for our services. Social Media is a digital marketing agency that works with clients in the renewable energy sector. We design websites, manage social media, run ad campaigns, write content, all that sort of digital marketing stuff. I just want to throw that in there. Now back to the podcast. Interesting, because yeah, you're right. It seems like it needs to be a bit of a a mix instead of being dedicated to one, you know, there's there's room for other resources as well. Absolutely. And um, like
1: nuclear right now is, is playing a huge role in con- like um, continuing to decarbonize the electricity sector. Um, but there's also the industrial processes um, that people aren't are thinking about that need to be cleaned up. So like mining, chemical production, transportation, steel, cement production, all of that requires... Um, high temperature steam, and it's currently being met by fossil fuels. So as we continue to grow in population, increase our energy demand, and also trying to reduce our emissions, we need to not only focus on using these clean energy sources to uh, decrease the, uh, like clean up our electricity grid, but we also need to use them to help with cleaning up these uh,
0: like industrial applications. Interesting. So, a supplemental energy, I guess, in, in many ways, good uses. Um, how are you addressing some of the concerns around nuclear? Because I know in the past, nuclear, you know, has gotten a bad rap, um, but that technology has changed, things have improved, it's it's a lot safer. And so, can you ta- tell us a little bit about that and what you're doing? Absolutely. Um, so
1: when I speak to my family, friends, community members, the two biggest concerns that come up is what about safety um and what about waste? Mm-hmm. so, I guess, like before I dive into safety of our technology in particular, it is important to first understand that the nuclear industry is very safe. Um, this energy is a very safe form of energy production. There's over six decades of global experience with nuclear power, the only form of energy production that's comparative and its safety record is solar. So it's already very safe, but with these generation four reactors that I speak about, um, which ours is, um, they just add even more safety to them. So um, our reactor in in particular, as I mentioned, we use different materials and that's how it improves its safety. So as I mentioned, using sodium as its coolant, having a high boiling point means you can operate atmospheric pressure um, also, the metal we use, is it allows the ability for the metal to expand. So um, these characteristics contribute to ensuring that it's what we refer to as inherently safe. So you can essentially walk away. And one thing I like to explain is, is how our reactor works is, let's say, like, when the reactor heats up, our metal expands. So as the, as the fuel expands um, there's more space there. So it slows down the reaction because more space means the neutrons can't hit each other. Um, so it slows down the reaction. And that's how we get to a safe state is the fact that, um, although there are these redundant safety features, um, the reactor itself can shut itself down. And then the other, the other big questions about waste, um, and that is, uh, excellent question because the nuclear industry does of course have waste as do all energy assets quite frankly um, but we're looking to improve the waste story so our reactor in particular I mean of course it is a smaller reactor compared to reactors that we have today but let's compare it the same technology our 100 megawatts will compare it to the output of 100 megawatts of the Candu reactor we still reduce the volume of waste and we reduce the length of time that you need to store that way. So the radiotoxicity is what they refer to it as. Um, so that equates to approximately a 90% reduction in volume um, which is significant.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is pretty great. I mean, a lot of what I uh, a lot of what you do is around creating awareness and and educating people about small modular reactors, so I guess what SMRs, how, how do you guys do this? How do you accomplish
1: this? Yeah, so my role at Arc is heavily focused actually on community engagement and stakeholder relations. Um, and I guess like what, what I do, I primarily focus on um, community engagement, First Nation and youth. Um, we of course have government relations and, and other aspects, but I'm just gonna speak to the ones that I, I focus on and I oversee. Um, so when it comes to that broader education piece, I guess first and foremost, um, I'm finding it's very important and effective to just educate about the like increase in energy literacy as a whole and and sharing about like what energy assets do we have in our province? Like what is contributing to our reliable grid, our um, reduced emissions? Um, that's not known where electricity comes from, quite frankly. So it's, it's educating about that broader holistic energy system. And then of course, we do deep dives into our technology. Um, we want to build relationships. We're here in the province, um, building an industry here, so uh, we work very closely with um, post-secondary um, like academic centers to ensure that like students are getting hands-on experience. Um, some of our partners are like the Center of Excellence for Energy here in the province, so we go into schools. Um, again, we educate about the energy system as a whole, but then we do give a piece about like well. How does nuclear play into that? What's nuclear currently doing and how's nuclear evolving? So we do all the traditional things about like open houses, webinars, um, community events, but what I enjoy the most is kind of working with our partners, um,
0: going in and teaching about that whole energy assets. That's amazing. So what's next for Arc? What what's what's on the agenda? What's the timeline and 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 you know, What's your strategy going forward?
1: Yes, so, um, well, like right now, we are working with our first customer, who's NB Power, to deploy a commercial demonstration ARC-100 unit at their existing nuclear facility by 2030. So our reactor is gonna be on the Point Le Pro nuclear um, generation site. Um, by 2030 is our target. So we've been at this since 2018 with NB Power, and. Honestly, over the next few months, we're going to be achieving some significant milestones. So, we're wrapping up a review process done by the Canadian Nuclear Safety Commission. Um, It's a voluntary process, it's to let um, small modular reactor technology companies know if there's any barriers um, to deploy your technology. Um, So, we're wrapping that up. There's also the license to prepare site that's going in by the end of this June. Um, So, it's going to be a very busy and exciting couple of months. But then looking broader, so like across New Brunswick, we're looking at deploying um, following units after the Pointlet Pro 1. So we'll have potentially a couple more at the Pointlet Pro site. Um, The Portobello Dune has announced recently that they're very interested in exploring our technology to um, expand the hydrogen production at their green energy hub. Um, So that will be, of course, later on. Um, but that's a, a potential area. And then nationally, um, Alberta and Saskatchewan are both very interested in nuclear development. Um, I think actually last month, the New Brunswick government and Saskatchewan government signed a MOU to work collaboratively on deploying SMRs in Saskatchewan. So in those in those provinces, though, um, our sees ourselves supporting more on the industrial side. So like I said, um, providing that clean, high-grade heat to support with like um, the mining oil sands things like that and then there's also just a significant market internationally because uh, globally countries are interested in finding low emitting um, energy sources over the next decade to ease the transition to meet global deadlines of 2050 so we're heavily looking at uh, national or international applications as well
0: that's exciting and you guys are setting a really great example going forward, you know, with your awareness and education and your processes and procedures. So uh, I wish you all the best going forward. And thanks so much for joining me today, Fawn. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Um, and if there's any other questions that come out of this, I'm happy to answer them. Ask away. We, we'd love to, to hear your questions. Take care. Have a great day. Thank you. That was Fawn from Arc Clean Technology talking about small modular reactors. Send us your questions or leave a comment about today's episode, And thanks again, Fawn. By the way, do you need help with your digital marketing? Well, look no further than sociable media. We're the creators of this podcast, and as much as we love talking to people, we also love working with people to create their websites and take care of their social media all that good stuff. And lastly, this episode was sponsored by Smart Energy, which is Clean Canada's clean technology event, which is held every spring in Halifax. Thanks so much for listening and join me next time.